0: It is my privilege to invite you to today's sermon podcast. I have made the Apostle Paul's prayer request my own. When he states in Ephesians six nineteen, Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, the words may be given to me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. May today's sermon come alive to you and aid you in your understanding of God's plan for your life. Well, good morning, church. Are well, you enjoying the summertime? It's getting warm enough for you. If it's not, i got a couple suggestions about afterlife, what that might look like. Yeah. Hey, thanks for taking time to be with us today. I know there's a lot of things going on in the summertime. Life does not slow down in the summertime. Did you notice that? Uh, you know, Linda and I live across the river from uh, Badiola Arena. So this morning I've already heard the Star Spangled Banner early in the morning. All them cowboys down there doing whatever they're doing. I hear the buzzer go off. I'm assuming they're either roping or or grabbing the horns of some bull, right? Junior rodeo. Junior rodeo this man would know. And so, you know, you could have been there instead, right? And I don't. I don't even think they take an offering there, do they? Give us just a minute, we're communicating. He said, um, no, no, um, no, yeah. (laughs) And if you're joining us today by live stream, thanks for being here. Um, I trust as we open the Word of God, something will happen in our hearts. You know, I I gave up a long time ago doing church by, just just by habit. I'd like it to be a passion. Uh, If we can come expecting God to do something in our lives... He will. He'll show up. If we just come out of habit, doing the same old whatever, uh, we may not get a whole lot out of it. So what do, you want, what do you want to happen in your life today? That's between you and God. I'm just telling you, if you open your heart, the, the Lord will do a work in your life. And uh, this summertime, as we continue in the Word, I'm trusting the Lord will bless us. Uh, so thanks for being with us. Um, you know, considering the busyness of the, of the month and of the summer, our teens, they come back Tuesday, I believe. Um, so we have a bunch of teens from our church with Pastor Ryan and Abby. Uh, I think over 10,000 students from all across the nation have been together the last week or so in Florida. They've been growing, being made discipleship. Uh, they have, um, they've been doing work projects in the cities blessing people as they meet so uh they need our prayers and they'll be back I'm I'm ex- excited about hearing from them and seeing what God's uh, done in their lives we we do have scheduled a time for them to report to us so we can kind of get a feel w- of what they experience uh, they only get to do this once in a lifetime you know what so th- this Nazarene Youth Congress you get to do it once and uh and some of you have invested in their lives strongly By giving to them, hiring them, supporting them. So thanks for doing that. I believe these are going to be life-changing days for our young people. And and not only for ours here, but for our young people across the nation. So uh, that's exciting. Um, Another thought came to me, and that is this week, most of you probably don't know this, but our own Pastor Jason is going to be the keynote speaker at a children's camp. Um, And so pray for him. Uh, that God will use them. God will bless him. Um, I had a stroke of insanity when I was in Eugene as a pastor. And I volunteered to be a counselor at a 5th and 6th grade boys and girls camp. I'll tell you what, it took me back. Um, the last camps I'd been to for years had directing camps of five and 600 um, teenagers. Going to a 5th and 6th grade boys and girls camp and being a counselor in a boys camp camp cabin. Now that's a new experience. Did I have a waking up? Uh, So pray for our camps. They continue on this summer. Pray that God will give strength to our counselors, to our leaders, to our teachers. Prayer makes a difference, and we need to be praying for our folks. So keep it up. Continue doing it. And uh, Pastor Jason, blessings on you as you, um, as you share. We love you, man. He's a great leader, isn't he? Don't you just love our pastors? Boy, I do. Yeah. Yeah, It always surprises me. I know Pastor Quincy now. I think they've got any place between 40 and 60 kids. It's summertime, but just a lot of kids are running around here doing junior church right now. So uh, we love our pastors and appreciate them dearly. They are a great team. I can tell you I've worked with a lot of teams. And I've been here about, is not about a year by next year, next week, honey? Is it a year next week? Today. Today is, I've been here for a year. Well, happy anniversary to me. What about that? huh? <laughs> I'm teasing you, but really, I, I, I forgot. I knew it was about now, but um, I've been working. I've been working with your pastors long enough to know you got a great team of pastors. They care. They're diligent. They're consistent. Uh, I just I've grown to love them not only as co-laborers but as friends. Well, let's look to the Word a little bit. I, I invite your attention to the back of your bulletin, and turn your new Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. Um, I, I have uh, put something on the back of your worship folder, which I don't normally, but I, I, I wanted to just kind of reintroduce where we are, because we're spending three weeks taking a walk, I'm calling it, with Peter. Uh, just, just kind of some new thoughts in my own mind, and what God uh, wants to say to us and to me and as we walk together, but... On the back of your worship folder, you'll find a couple of notes uh, that I've thrown down there to help us pick up where we where we left off last week. There's a big idea there. You see the big idea. It's at the top. Uh, it, you know, as so we look at the relationship between Peter and the Lord Jesus, uh, we we see this developing relationship that's really really cool. We've talked about it last week. Uh, is kind of what that looks like. And but but we find that we also discover some wonderful things about God about God's heart, and God's character. Uh, what is it that you know about God? I mean, that's a good question for anybody. I'd love to do a, you know, a Jay Leno survey, maybe, in the in the main streets of Homedale or Wilder, and just ask people with a microphone, what do you think about God? What do you know about God? Um, because people have these designer gods that I talked about last week. They, they design their own God depending on their experiences, and 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 maybe maybe their education or whatever very rarely do they go to the scripture to see what the bible says about god but i have found and i just discovered this recently that when you look at this relationship between peter and jesus we discover some things about god now that's kind of a big idea for last sunday today and next, and next week um so uh, the, the 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 big idea who is God? What, is he, what does He look like? How does, how does God act? What does He think? What, what's God's emotions? What, what drives Him? I mean, in my mind, these are just normal questions. What's God's behavior? I'm so glad the Scripture says He's the same yesterday and today and forever. So He won't change so if we kind of discover who he is, um, it, it can only bless us and help us to draw closer to him. So um, we see that when we look deeply. Now, I want to read uh, this this story. We're going to read it three Sundays in a row. So we read it last Sunday. In Matthew chapter 14, Matthew, he describes this incredible event in the life of the disciples and of Jesus uh, when they find themselves in the middle of a storm. And the story kind of evolves around Peter a little bit. And so we'll we'll read these verses, Matthew 14, and starting with verse 22. And, and in honor of the Word of God, let's stand as we read together. Matthew 14, verse 22. Notice now, again, this is right after. Jesus has fed of the 5,000, which is probably closer to 15,000, to be honest with you, when you count up the women and the children and everybody that's there. But so he's tuckered out. He's worn out because he's already ministered to all these people. And here's what Matthew said happened afterward. Immediately, verse 22, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. Remember that from last week? He made them. And go on ahead of him to the other side of the lake, and where he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed them, he he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, being buffeted by the waves, and because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus, he went out to them... Walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. Uh, what was your translation last week, honey? Scared out of their wits. They were scared out of their wits. That's the message. <laughs> they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. But Jesus, he immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. (laughs) So Jesus said, come on. Then Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on the water and he came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Oh, you of little faith, he said, why did you doubt me, Peter? And when they climbed into the boat... The wind died down. Then those who were in the boat, they worshiped Jesus, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And when they had crossed over the lake, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his garment, his cloak. And all who touched him, well, they were healed. Wow. I love this story. <laughs> this is a wonderful story. Father, this is your word. You have already anointed and blessed your word. This is your love letter to us. Lord, I, you've inspired this word, it's an errant for everything pertaining to salvation. It's authoritative in our lives. And Lord, it's been given to us for instruction, for understanding, for discipline, for direction. So this morning, feed us, I pray. Hide the messenger behind the cross, Father, that we would see Jesus, the master of the waves. Jesus, the savior of our souls. Lord, I pray that as the messenger speaks without Holy Spirit, you would speak within each one of our hearts. You know what we need, so feed us, I pray, and Lord, we'll give you all praise and honor and glory in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So, so just a little review. Last week, um, we found that Jesus, well, he seems to always focus on Peter's potential now, I love this about God. He's, he's not focusing on his past. How would you like it if God always dug up your past? <laughs> you remember the time when? Huh? How would you like that? Nobody wants that. But it seems like Jesus, he was always focused on what Peter could be instead of what he was. Or his, even his, his present failures. Um, why did you doubt? He's encouraging Peter because he, he he wants to focus on who he's going to be. He knows what God has made him to be. I'm so glad that God is a patient God, that He's a loving God. Um, you know we just we just finished our uh, our welcome class and took in a, a, a good number of members here a couple two or three weeks ago. At the beginning of our class, and and even some after that, we would go around the class talking about our own religious experiences. A number of our folks uh, were raised in other traditions, uh, church traditions. What we discovered was a lot of them have been taught about an angry, judgmental God. A God who carries a whip. And if you step out of line, he, he whacks you one. He smacks your hand. It's all about the discipline and the judgment of God. I found that rather interesting. In fact, some had come out of the, uh, the same traditions, some out of two or three different traditions. I can tell you uh, in the tradition I was raised in Nazarene, in the segment I was raised in, there was a lot of the judgment of God preached. Uh, there was a, a lot of legalism, you might say. And you felt like you were always getting this kind of preaching. Anybody want to testify? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, In fact, I believe that legalism probably has driven more people away from the church than anything else. It's not the God that I see here. I, I see a God whose mercy triumphs His judgment, just like James says. And I'm so glad about that. I'm so glad that God is patient and He's a loving Father. So in verse 31, when Peter's sinking... Jesus simply reaches out his hand and he lifts him up. Now, that's the takeaway. God is always going to lift us up. When you when you stumble and fall, God's not there with a whip. Now, he might want to discipline us and teach us some things, but he's going to do what Jesus did. He's going to extend his hand down and he's going to lift you up because he's always going to focus on your potential, not your past. Don't you? just? I just love this about God. So the takeaway is from last week. In fact, I think I even had Pastor Jason, but yeah, he put it here. The takeaway from last week. You can write this in if you want to. The takeaway from last week is that you can always count on God to be there when you need him most. Come on now. Come on. That, That ought to help you this week. When you're facing some dark hours. Apply the word for a moment. When you're going through your toughest hour, you can count on God to be there. You can trust him when you need him most. He'll always have your back. All you need to say is, Lord, help me. Remember, short prayers are long enough. Peter said, Lord, save me. (laughs) And he was there. You don't need a long dissertation. Thank God. Amen. Amen. All you got to do is say, Lord, help me. I need you. And he he will lift you up. I don't know, somehow I just think maybe there's somebody here that needs a little lifting up. Anybody need some lifting up? We'll turn to them. Say, Lord, help me. Whisper it out. God, I'm going through it. I need you. That's, that's the takeaway. You know, one of my memories as a kid being raised in the church, and my sisters and brothers down here will testify to this because we were all raised in the church of the Nazarene in, in the Southern, or northern California, Concord, Walnut Creek area. One of my memories, my strong memories, even more than the preaching, was the singing of the people. In those days, we sing a lot of hymns, right? In fact, you're not going to believe this. I got it right here. I put it on my phone. Aren't you impressed? (laughs) Here it is. This is the song I was going to use as an illustration. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. Come on. From the waters lifted me. Now safe am I. Didn't we sing that? Wasn't that the first song we sang about? Love lifted me. Love lifted We sing our theology, church. We sing what we believe. That that's the importance of our songs. We're not just singing a dance. We're not a club. We're singing what we believe right here we know to be true. That God's love lifted me. I love that. I love what we do. Sing those songs that speak our theology. Um how about how about this one? He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the and some of you used to sneak in a word there. Solid rock to stay, right? Yeah. He puts a song in my. And some of you singing another word there. Happy soul today, right? It's not even in the hymn, but you sing it anyway. Nobody ever disciplines you for putting in an extra word in the hymnal. A song of praise, praise. hallelujah, yeah. That's the God we see in this picture. Oh, Amen. I'm still on last week. I haven't even started this week's sermon yet. What time is it? Oh man, I got quite a bit of time. If we're going to, tw- is it twelve thirty today? We get out. I-, I-, I saw that someplace in a worship folder somewhere. Listen, listen. Here's the point: God's love will always lift you up. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? Well, I know it for a couple reasons. One is it's right here in the story. I'm showing it as plain as I can. Secondly, is it's what I've experienced. It's what I've experienced. God's love's always lifted me. When I've been down and out, I didn't know where to go. I remember when Linda and I had two children, and, and, and we wanted to have a third. And she had three miscarriages in a row. Three. We had people in the church giving us their theology. Oh, maybe heaven needs them more than you do. Say what? Thank you very much. Uh, you know, it just wasn't to happen. Um, you know, when people are hurting, don't give them your theology. Just, just be there for them. Tell them you're sorry and you love them. You're praying for them. You don't know why God did what God did. Do we? No. But I'll tell you what. It's, it, that, that's the times I remember when love lifted me. Love lifted me. I remember weeping with Linda as I carried a bag into the hospital after her third abortion, almost full term. Didn't know what to do. But there we were. But I remember this. God lifted us up. I'm telling you, this isn't just some kind of preaching. This is real life with a believer. God's always there for us. He lifts us up. Now, on our walk with um, Peter today... We learned something else about God. That's all last week, by the way. I'm not going to take another offering. Don't worry. That was all free. Okay? So you're you're good. Um, It's precisely because Jesus always focused on Peter's potential. That he was committed to stretching Peter. You just watch them through their entire relationship, even after Peter had denied Jesus, and Jesus is with the disciples post-resurrection, and Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? He's always stretching him. That's what God does. He's stretching Peter. He always knew who Peter was to be. Not who he was. He knew who he was, but he's thinking about who God called Peter to be, and that's what he does to us. You see, a lot of us want to be greater than we are. Amen? We're always wanting to grow. We're always wanting to do better. We're always wanting to just take it up a notch. Well, God's with us in that journey. He knows who he's called you. Look at in the Old Testament, it says something like this. God says, this is not the New Testament, this is the Old Testament. God says, I know the plans I have for you. And they're not plans to harm you, they're plans to prosper you, to lift you up. This is an Old Testament verse of the same concept, that God will lift us up. Oh, I love this about the Scripture. It gives me such great hope. So look at verse 22, 28 and 29. I mean, Peter, he, he obviously wants assurance that it's okay to go to Jesus. I mean, I would too if, if I was in that situation, wouldn't you? It's a very kind of a tricky situation. At first, the disciples, they think it's a ghost. Uh, and and you know people don't normally walk on water so so i mean it, it i mean have you tried it lately and so here here he is going jesus if it is you they're scared out of their wits isn't that what you said scared out of their wits and and jesus says guys don't worry it's it, it is i it's me jesus well peter you know peter impetuous guy right uh, spontaneous, uh, grab the bull by the horns, that kind of guy. Type A, uh, probably a uh, choleric, um, larger than in charge. Well, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come and I will. Doesn't that sound like some guys you know? <laughs> Just tell me to come and I will. And Jesus said, well, come on, come on then, Peter. I, I, you might think he's calling his bluff, I don't know. I think what he's doing is trying to encourage him to be everything he can be. He wants Peter to trust him, to believe in him. Don't worry, guys, it's me. I know you've never seen this before. This is a new experience for everybody. <laughs> Walking on the water. But come on. Come on, Peter, if that's what you want to do. And, and I would call this maybe a moment of truth. I mean, it's a do or die thing. What if Peter just said, no, nah, I, I don't want to do it, Jesus, I can't do it. have you ever, I mean, as a father, as a mother, have you ever been in a swimming pool with your kids, and and you're teaching your child to trust you, and you want them to jump in the water off the diving board, you got them right on the edge of the diving board, and you're down there going, come on, baby, you can do it, daddy has you, just jump, come on, jump, 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 and they want to jump so bad, but they just, and then they turn around, they walk away, oh, I just can't do it, finally you get them to jump off the board, right, it's the same thing, it's it's a do or die moment where Jesus is saying, Peter, come on, come on, I got this, Peter, you got this, let's do it, let's, come on, trust me, and, and so Peter, now he's, he's ready and more than willing to take the risk, he first must, he must be assured that it's Jesus, Jesus, if it's you, if it's you, Jesus, that's what it says, you, you tell me, Jesus, and I'll come, I'll come to you. Woo-hoo! I'd call that pretty good faith right there. I I want faith like that guy. Lord, tell me. So Jesus, because he wants him to step out and exercise his faith, he says, come on, you can do it. So the point, what's the point? You Remember the point? Did you forget the point already? (laughs) Jesus is always stretching Peter to be what God's calling him to be. He wanted his disciples to believe in him. And in my opinion, what better way to teach him than to take authority, display his power over nature, over the waves and the wind. Have you ever been a boat in the in a boat in the in the waves and the wind when the boats are rocking up and down? It's a dangerous situation. And Jesus just calms it. And when he gets on the boat, boy, they all think that was some trick. Truly, you are the son of God, is what they said to Jesus. They realized something was going on here. So Peter decides to step out and exercise faith. And that's how God relates to us. It's how he relates to you. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young. It doesn't matter what your education is. It doesn't matter how much money you make. Everything else is secondary, irrelevant. He looks at you and he sees who you can be, what God has made you to be, and he's gonna stretch you for all you are worth. That's the God we serve. He believes in you like a father believes in a child. Uh, so if if you're gonna if you're gonna take this word if you're going to believe what I'm saying today, you better be ready to get out of your comfort zone. Because God's not going to leave you in your comfort zone. The only way he gets you to believe him and trust him completely is when you're not comfortable with yourself, what he's asked you to do. Come on, can I get an amen out there? Yeah. Yeah. He wants you to step out. He'll take you out of your comfort zone. Um, So that's why we sing our theology. Uh, How about this one? Um, Deeper, deeper, in the love of Jesus. Deeper, let me go. Then don't you go higher? Higher, higher, in the school of wisdom. Huh? We sing our theology, I'm telling you. Sometimes we just don't connect, connect the dots. Uh, how about this one? Trust and obey, for there's no other way. It's all about having faith in a God who believes in us, who wants to stretch us and use us all to his glory. And that's a pretty fun gig. You know, next Sunday now, I'll be preaching next Sunday. And then uh, at about 5 o'clock, I'll meet with a, a team of our people here from this church and from the Napa, Boise area. Boise Airport, we'll hop on a plane, we're headed to Africa. We're going to fly to Portland. I'll guarantee you, I've been doing this for almost 15 years. Um, every time I go, God stretches me in a different way I didn't expect. He's, he's got you out there. You don't know when you're going to be speaking to uh, pastors, leaders, district superintendents, regional guys, encouraging them, blessing them, giving them all the best stuff you've ever learned in leadership. Or you don't know if you're going to be digging a well or planting a church or establishing a school. All those things and more we're going to be a part of. I'm hoping, I'm just hoping, I've been told we might plant two churches in Mozambique. We'll see how it goes. While we're there, we're going to be at a police station and we're going to redo a whole police station. People that don't speak our language, most of them speak either Portuguese or Chichewa, which you probably never even heard of Chichewa. Um, My prayer is that every team member, 11 of us, every team member will be stretched to the max because that's how God grows us. That's how we learn to trust him. Oh, God, I was scared out of my wits. But then I looked at you, and it was going to be okay. Oh man, I love this story. Um, you do know um, that God's in the people business, right? He's he's in the people business. Uh, he's not about programs. He's not about uh, bigger buildings. He's uh, all about stretching people. You know, I, I noticed something about uh, rubber bands. Uh, rubber bands have a lot of similarities to people. Um, I've got some rubber bands here. Uh, they-, they come in all sizes, shapes, and colors. Did you notice that? Just kind of like people. There's There's big, long, tall, skinny ones. There's shorter, fat ones. There's... Yellow ones, orange ones. Here's a real skinny one. This one must be on Jenny Craig diet right there. <laughs> one thing I've learned about rubber bands is uh, they're only good if they're stretched. I mean, what good is this thing if it's not It has no purpose unless it's stretched. And I also noticed that uh, the more you stretch it, the farther it goes. That one didn't go very far. Stretch a little farther, it goes back there. You know, it's kind of like people. The more God stretches you, the more God stretches you. The more He can do with you. The more He'll, you let Him trust you. Dallas, here comes one to you. Let's see how I do while I do here. You ready? Look at that, Dallas. You should have jumped higher. <laughs> I believed in your potential, but what happened? <laughs> Listen, God's going to stretch you if you just let him. But he he cannot grow you until you get out of your comfort zone and say, God, what do you want me to do? And I'll guarantee you, when you do, it'll be a new day for you. Now, some of you are saying something to me like this. You're saying, uh, oh, my day's passed. I'm too old. I can't do much anymore. Uh, I got a simple theological word for that. Hogwash. If you don't like this one, how about that one? How about this one? Baloney. One of my favorite theological terms, baloney. Um, All the excuses, I'm not smart enough. I'm not educated. I don't have a whatever. I can't get around. You know, this week, you you know what I got? All the pastors this week when we had staff on Tuesday, someone shows up with three bags, four bags. Each one of them has a handmade quilt in it with a pastor's name on it. And and one of those names was mine. Because one of you, who's pretty much confined to a wheelchair, decided to make a difference and bless a pastor in a special way. Don't tell me you can't be stretched or used of God. There's a lot of ways you could be used. The question is, God, how do you want to use me? I think there's also a problem that some people have forgotten Um, who God's made them to be. Once you believed in who you were and who God called, but you kind of gave up on that and you think it's too late. No, it's not. It's not. Trust me, I I thought I'd be retired a long time ago. (laughs) I'm on my fourth interim. (laughs) Only God knows what's tomorrow. But the beauty of it is I've said, Lord, look, here's the deal. You've given me health. Uh, You know what? I have a lot to be thankful, God. As long as, God, you want to use me. Every time I've gone to Africa the last four or five years, I've I've said in my heart and my mind, this is so hard, I don't know if I can do it again. I mean, literally. You'll drive all day long, not one restaurant, not one bathroom, not one gas station, and you've gone six hours drive. No place to eat. No nothing. And, 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 I learned after my first year, you better bring some goodies because they don't have anything. They give you a cracker or bread in the morning. That's it for the day till you get where you're going. That's how they live. And I've said, I'd, man, this is physically hard. Sometimes it's hot. I've had guys faint while I'm preaching. Well, either that or they were slain in the spirit. I'm not sure which one. I'd like to <laughs> It is hot. It's dry. It's hard work. But then I see the results. I see the tears. You know, we're taking hundreds of glasses, reading eyeglasses. I've watched pastors who cannot read the Bible. They're preachers, but they can't see clearly because they can't afford eyeglasses. Look, these are people, many of them live in grass huts, thatched roofs, dirty floor, dirt floors. No electricity, no running water unless we put in a well, which you are doing. Thank you. We're going to take a picture of that while we're there and bring it back to you the Sunday we come back and celebrate. And I say, God, if you'll use me, here am I. And I'll, I'll do this as long as I can, Lord, for you. Amen? Amen. Don't tell me you're too old. Uh, young man there on the end, stand up. The guy that was giving me a hassle a while ago, just stand up for a moment. Come on, hurry up. You know who I'm talking to. <laughs> How old are you? 82. 82. Uh, I see you around here every once in a while. What do you do around here? Well, I uh, repair a few sprinklers. You repair sprinklers. How many sprinklers do we have on this property? I don't know, but there's too many. There's too many. You got a partner in crime. What's his name? This is Oh, no, she's not your partner in crime. I'm talking about a guy. Tom, where are you, Tom? Who's Tom? Tom, stand up. Tom, can you hear me? How old are you? He forgot. 77. What do you, How do you help him? I don't think I do. He gives me a pretty bad time. We both have the same problem, don't we? Hey, give these guys a hand. 82 years of age. I'm just saying, folks. Don't use age. Yeah, your circumstance might be different, but God will use you just where he planted you, just the way you are right now if you'll let him. He just wants to stretch you. Okay, I'm, I'm done. Except for maybe one, one, one story. You should know by now not to trust me when I say I'm done. You should know. That. Although I do want you to know that I let you out last week early for good behavior. Um, what time is it now? It's only 11.39? Man, i got another 40 minutes to preach. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Okay, here we go. If you're a grandma or grandpa, mom or dad, you, you probably identify with this story, uh, you know, when my kids grew up, I was never much of a movie buff. I've never gone to movies, don't care a whole lot about movies. But every once in a while, my kids would, well, they'd discover a movie at a friend's house or something, and they'd, they'd, they'd bring it home and make Dad watch it. Anybody want to testify? <laughs> uh, we talked a little bit about one of my favorite ones. Uh, um, you know, the one about the farm boy. What's the name of it? Princess Bride. Princess Bride. I knew you'd know. So here's one about a guy uh, who was a child, had a great childhood, but then one day he forgot who he was. He forgot who God made him to be. Um, And he was lost. He got lost in the story. You might say, you'll know immediately who he is when I tell you the name of the movie. It's called Hook, right? Peter Pan. So my kids and I, now my grandkids, we watch this, this movie, Peter Pan. Hook. Peter Pan had forgotten who he was. He forgot how to fly. He forgot how to crow. He had lost his potential someplace in the story. I met a lot of people like that in life. God's not through with them, but for some reason they've lost hope in themselves. But this story tells you God has not lost hope in you. So, So the way I remember this, he's totally lost he finds himself in a place called Never Never Land. And and he's among all these children. Have you guys seen this movie? I, I, yeah. I bet you, you could tell the story better than me. You want to come tell it? Oh, you don't? Okay, all right. Sure. Uh, you know, when the kids are listening, everybody's listening, all right? Yeah? So thanks for listening. I'll get your offering later on. Okay. And and, and one of my favorite scenes is... is He's lost in Never Never Land, and a little boy, about this tall, he gets Peter down on his knees, and Peter's on his knees, and this little boy, he reaches up and he takes Peter's glasses off, and he takes his hands, his little hands, and he starts squishing Peter's face. He's pulling his eyes back, and he's looking at his eyes, and he takes his mouth, and he makes it smile. And all of a sudden, when he's got his his smile on, and he sees in his eyes the little boy goes, oh, there you are, Peter. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know that scene. That's a beautiful scene. It makes me want to cry. Oh, there you are, Peter. Oh, I think that's a good picture for us this morning, about the love of a father who chases his children, who have lost their way, lost their potential No longer have faith in themselves. And he says, wait a minute. I'm bigger than that. I'm a bigger God than that. Would you just take a step and trust me? Would you just exercise a leap of faith? And I'll do the rest in your life. I'll tell you what, that's all I ever do. I learned a long time ago, it's not what I say or what I do. It's about what he does through me. It's all about him. And if you just trust him, it's like the fish in the loaves. You give him a little morsel, and he does the rest. Amen? Amen. God's the one that does the work. God's the one that does the work, not us. You, he wants you to have a relationship with him. Just like you see Jesus. We see Jesus developing this relationship with Peter. And he believes in him so much, he's going to look at what he's going to be. Not who he is. And he's going to stretch them to help Him grow in trust. Wow. Well, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. But to trust and obey. Wow. Maybe you want to pray with me. Lord. Um, God, I, I need this message this morning from my own life. Well, Lord, I I want to reach my hand out to you and say, Lord, help me, because God, if you don't, I, I don't know what I'll do. I need to know your hand is holding mine, Father, because I know greater is he that is in me than the one who is in the world. I know what the apostle said when he said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Lord God, I believe in your word when you say, my hand is not too short. Lord, today, I pray for every person in this place that they simply reach their hands out to you and say, Lord, lift me up today. Speaking of my life, show me what you want me to be. And I will step out of the boat I'll take faith and I'll follow you. And Lord, that'll mean a lot of different things to every one of us. But God, that's up to you. You will be faithful to lead. Now, Lord, I pray a blessing upon every person in this place. I pray, God, your strength, your mercy, your care. May the Lord walk with you in a mighty way this week. Lord, walk through our feet, work through our hands. God, see through our eyes and speak through our lips and love through our hearts that people around us might know who you are and, Lord, that we might know you're using us to our greatest potential. So, Lord, we thank you today. Now, Jesus, we give you all praise and honor and glory, and Lord, we would would pray that prayer. You taught us to pray when you said, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you grant you peace. Have a great week, church. God bless you. I want to thank you for joining today's sermon podcast. You can find a copy of today's sermon, as well as other sermons, and the sermon outline from today on our church's website, www.mvcnaz.org. It is my prayer also that you will seek out a church home that recognizes the authority of the Bible.